0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 28 of the NYC Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Mark Levine from property management firm EBMG. Uh, Just before we get into our guests, I just want to give a quick uh, update to everybody how you can get in touch with our podcast. You can email us at nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. So today, you know, we've been doing a lot of these COVID-related podcast, and I'm happy that we're not doing a COVID-related podcast today. We're back to kind of a normal topic. And I've brought in two professionals from Jack Jaffa. Uh, I got Michael Jaffa. He's the COO. Hey, Michael. Hey, how are you? I'm good. And we've got Megan and Megan Feldman. You are uh, the head of sales, and I've done a lot of work with you over the last few years because we use, use, uh, as a disclaimer, we use Jack Jaffa in in our company to monitor a lot of things. So Uh, Welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to have you on too. Thank
1: you so much for having us.
0: Um, My pleasure. So um, before we get into uh, the nuts and bolts of what you guys do and in terms of violations and what we should be looking at in terms of being property managers and owners, uh, why don't you, Michael, especially, why don't you give us kind of the the five-second review of how did you get into this? And I know you guys are among a very small, section of the city businesses that specialize in what you do, and you may be the largest that I know of. Um, you seem to handle a lot of stuff. So I'll give you the floor. Tell us about you, tell us about the company and how you guys got started.
2: Thank you, Thank you so much, Mark, and thank you for inviting us to be part of this podcast. Um so we've been in business for a little bit over twenty years now, and uh, Jack started. Actually, when the lead law came out from HPD about requiring apartments need to be tested for lead dust and and taking samples, he was one of the first companies to be licensed and started performing a lot of these tests. Um, Shortly after, the city started issuing violations for uh, lead-related items, and the landlord started calling him and asking to assist with the violations that were issued. So he started helping him out with that um, and then he noticed that there was no specific industry targeted and focused on New York City compliance to help people with violations. So we slowly branched out to other agencies, um, you know, DOB, ECB, or what's called now Oath, and obviously a lot of HPD. Um, and it was really a unique, targeted service that is really known in New York that's doing, especially on our level. Um, so fast forward 20 years later, Thank God we are, you know, nice over 85 employees. We have 13 attorneys full time and we handle a lot of volume and represent a lot of large institutions throughout New York City.
0: And so let's go over the services that you guys kind of provide. What we use you for on a lot of services is um, your alert system. So in our dashboard, when we let's say when we pick up a client, what we'll do is we'll let you guys know and you you put that in our dashboard, that address. So on that dashboard, I have the ability to see uh, filings that need to be done. I have the ability to see any open violations. And I, I'm assuming without being in that system right now that you guys track the hearing dates and you track all of the uh, problems with the, you know, all the documents. And we could do the one thing that I think yep. sets you apart from the other companies. Is, and I've used other companies to do tracking is that not only can you track it, but I could just on the dashboard, like click a button and you guys could start the process of representing the the owner to handle that process, right?
2: Exactly that. So that's where we we're actually very um, isolated in the, in this real estate space is that we are the only company in New York City that has the plethora of data and technology on, on our house and in house on our, on our team and all the resources available to assist. So there are a lot of Technology companies, there are consultants and expediters and attorneys that deal with it, but there is not one company that handles both sides and is able to really organize it and streamline it. And as, like you said, from the click of a button on the website, authorize our, our team to um, research and engage our services for the various representations. So we tried to make it really very seamless, very easy. Um, the website's very user friendly, easy to navigate, easy to jump around, but more importantly, we're able to provide a very detailed service of letting you know what's coming up what my office is doing what documents we need what we've sent you what you've sent us you know what's the new hearing dates any anything that we're handling regarding a specific case we're very transparent and fluid on our website which currently there is no other company in New York providing such level of detail and transparency
1: right so a lot of times getting information is great Everyone needs to know information. But at that point, what you do with it, a lot of times people aren't sure. A lot of property managers struggle with that. So we give them a one-stop shop, which is exactly what they need and really, you know, take everything to the finish line.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, we take over a lot of management of uh, like co-op and condo buildings. And one of the things that we'll see when we come on is that there's a lot of, a lot of violations outstanding. So we're in this COVID era, things have kind of slowed down the violations are still being issued. You really can't do anything about it. Uh, We don't know if the hearing dates that are going to be set are actually going to happen. We don't know if they're going to open up on a non-emergency basis. But um, I think one of the things, just like Megan said, like you could have all the information, but if you're just sitting on the information, you're costing potentially fines, penalties, uh, the inability to do work, in your buildings, you know, if you have stop yeah. work orders and if, if you have, you know, gross negligence and, and it can run the whole gamut, right. So it could go from it. It could be scaled up from any type of work if it's an unsafe condition or if it's just a plumbing job that was not filed. And these kind of hit not only the building owners, but when you're in a condo, right. If you have a, if you have an apartment and there's a stop work order on the building, or there's something that's flagged that building that you can't pull a permit for, that's, that's a problem when you can't get work done. Um, so I noticed, from my perspective, as I've grown in the last like eight years, we went from like twenty-five clients to like a hundred. Yeah, twenty-five is a process to take over and make sure that everything is staying free and clear of violations and all that. But once you get to the to the level of where we're at it's daunting. And I mean, I, I double probably a lot of the work that I see on your portal where I keep a database of just every, every law that's come out in the last few years, every filing that I have to take care of, I have like a tab database and I add a list of buildings that are all like needing to file for that law that year, or maybe it's a five-year filing and it flags and it's, you know, it's like ascending order of years to, but it's, Holy cow! If you if you don't have that, you can't do anything. But you're kind of doing the same thing, just in a it's like my my database is an internal spreadsheet that my my whole staff could see. Yours is right. a web interface that uh, doesn't necessarily need to be updated by me. It just propagates or populates the, the data once we put in the building. Um, can you walk us through like the different types of violations and Uh, city agencies that are the the most frequent violations that you see and that you handle I think I I've even gotten notes from listeners to this podcast saying hey can you do a podcast on violations and the different types of violations and the agencies you know because there's there's confusion between you know ECB and oath and DOB and FDNY and who's responsible for what you know maybe sometimes they cross over each other and some of the websites to take care of those bills or those violations are easy. Some of them are not at all because the different uh, divisions within the city aren't operating together. There's no like cohesive group. So do you want to walk us through a quick study of like the types of violations and maybe how they're, how they're given, how they're handled the severity, all that.
2: Yeah. So that's a great question. And obviously we, Uh, Within New York City, there are multiple agencies that issue violations. So New York City is a unique metropolis, unlike many other municipalities nationwide, where there's not one or two agencies that do code enforcement and issue violations and and track compliances. There's multiple uh, agencies that issue multiple types of violations. So of course, every agency has their own requirements, regulations, rules, um, processes in order to address and resolve each of their violations that they're issued. So um, we'll try to break it down throughout this podcast uh, to make it as simple as possible to understand at least what's being issued and what needs to be done in order to avoid defaults and non-compliances and and failure to comply violations. So probably the most common agency, the most prevalent issues, the most amount of violations is the ECB, Environmental Control Board, who recently renamed themselves or became part of OATH. So Oath is a more broader city agency that oversees all the tribunal hearings. Um, Beforehand, ECB was more isolated to the real estate world, but um, now Oath officially oversees ECB and they're changing their name. So when I say ECB and Oath, they're interchangeable terms. But let's just be clear that the ECB and Oath term is the adjudication process of the violation. So meaning violations get issued by multiple agencies, Um, You know, we can go through those really quickly, the alphabet soup of New York City, the DOB Department of Buildings, FDNY, Fire Department, DSNY Sanitation, DOH Department of Health, so on and so forth. And those are all returnable to ECB court. So meaning, to break it down really simple, the judges work for ECB. So one judge can hear cases for ECB violations um, through the DOB, Fire Department, Department of Health, Sanitation. And the inspectors issuing the violations each work for their own unique agency. So DOB inspector, FDI inspector, Department of Health inspector, they'll all issue violations and they're all returnable to ECB court. So that's the first thing just to be understand that when someone says the term ECB, ECB is not its own agencies that issues violations. They're the adjudication uh, process where they, they hear the cases and determine if there's a penalty and how much, but they're not issuing any violations. So the first thing someone says they received an ECB violation, the first question is, through which agency? Is it ECB DOB, ECB FDY, so on and so forth. The next very important step to understand, which again, a lot of people are confused and and not clear, is that with ECB DOB violations and ECB (coughs) FDY violations, there's always a two-step process. So there's attending the hearing, if necessary, and adjudicating and again, determining If there's a penalty and how much and that's also obviously your opportunity to present a defense and argue the case for either dismissal or to downgrade the class or the section of law and separate and apart from that you need to also certify correction which is verifying compliance so meaning anytime there's a dob or fire department violation the city wants you to do two separate things and again they happen at two different offices you can do one without the other um, obviously, in order to resolve it completely, you need to accomplish both parts. But it's not time. What's not one is relying on the other. You need to correct the condition and send in the paperwork to the city, letting them know it's been corrected, and separate from that, attend the hearing. So a lot of times clients say, tell me, I attended the hearing, I paid $500 penalty, why is it still open? So that's, of course, they haven't sent in the certificate of correction. And vice versa, they can say, I sent in the correction, I even got an approval from the city that it was corrected, why am I getting a penalty for not attending the hearing? So um, those two parts obviously have to be done, and again, that's a big um, confusion with property owners that uh, are receiving violations. I mean, right. some and, violations. and
1: another another big misconception is that um, if you push off a hearing, you are pushing off the time frame to actually correct the violations from the DOB and the fire department. So that's another big thing. Pushing off the hearing has nothing to do with the compliance of the violation. Exactly. Right carry
0: on <laughs> we got permission from megan michael <laughs> um, I mean, there are
2: there are certain instances what's called a cure if the if the if the violation is not a class 1 or it's not a hazardous violation or with the fire department if it's a first time on most of the times they will issue what's called a cure date that's different from a correction date a cure date is a one time it's like the golden ticket if you get your paperwork in on time and the city approves it then there's no penalty and no hearing so Again, if you if, if someone gets issued those violations, if they see a cure date, that's your one time hit. There are no extensions on that and it has to be approved, not just submitted. A lot of people will say, Oh, I sent it in before the cure date. If the city didn't process it and approve it, then obviously it'll be open stay open on records. And I strongly recommend outside of COVID to hand deliver all the documents, not to mail in any paperwork because it can sit on someone's desk and get rejected, it can you not get the response. Everything You're still we do, subject
0: to human error.
2: Exactly. If, exactly. You go down in person, if you go down in person, you get an answer on the spot. You can you know, make sure it's done. And of course, everything in my office is hand-delivered, tracked, and followed up with immediately so we can get responses right away.
1: Even with the fire department, many times people are wondering why they still have to attend a hearing. I sent all the paperwork by the cure date. But just because you sent it in does not mean that you don't have to attend the hearing. And it doesn't mean that, you, that they even received it. It could be sitting on someone's desk
0: right.
1: and not even open.
0: Um, the start of, I think the most important thing that a building can do, and this is for any multifamily, that's three or more families where apartments would be file your HPD registration every year, because that is the linchpin to everything else, right? If you don't do that and you're in violation of having a properly registered building, uh, you're not able to defend yourself against the city or bring an action against the city. Right? So I think that's due August 30th of every year. Um, the new registration for the following year and that notes, who's the, who's the owner, who's the managing agent, who the responsible parties are, who's the superintendent. Now they've expanded it to also include who's the recycling coordinator. Um, but would do you think also like, that's like the first step to making sure that your building is in compliance because there's other filings that we have to do on a yearly basis, like the bed bugs disclosure forms uh, that, if you don't have your registration in play you can't get to that next step and you're also going to be flagged for violations for those minor administrative things but i'm assuming that if i if i get a a violation and i go to court and i don't have a valid registration can i defend myself in any way
2: all right so that's a, yeah but it's a very good point uh that you're bringing up and of course that is one of the you know the abc's of management is to make sure your your buildings are properly registered of course annually um the the multifamily deadline is september 1st by the way those should be you know updated um, now of course
0: day. i was off by a day i said
2: august <laughs> <early>. <laughs> um, so it definitely you know any good management company should make sure that all their properties are registered with hpd for multiple reasons but of course with all the other agencies as well such as the department of finance so you get your tax bills and you know the new york city water board so this way, everything is very organized. But with HPD specifically, like you said, it affects multiple areas. So the first thing is that the notices are sent um, to whoever's on the registration, and the city will also, mostly for heat and hot water or emergency, they'll call or email the main contact. Of course, any um, customer of ours, and they subscribe to our alert service, will get those emails no matter you know if they're registered or not, because in this way, they'll get a little hands-on a little head time that the violations and complaints are issued. But of course you won't be able to certify corrections unless you're the registered agent on the, um, on the HPD registration. So that's important. And if you are bringing any, um, suit to, um, landlord tenant court, they'll also need to show proof of the updated, the current registration and who was on that registration to bring it. So definitely having registration is important. And in this, day of technology and and data you want to know what's going on in your buildings you want to be at the forefront you don't want to be surprised when you know you run a report and all of a sudden you have 20 30 violations that you never got the service you never got the mailing you never got the the updates and uh you know, obviously to know about these violations are very important because every hpd violation always has a certifying correct by date so if you are behind on that you lose crucial dates and times to complete the necessary repair work and submit it to the agency, have it removed off of records.
0: Um, Beyond the, okay, so you explain what the ECB is, the adjudication arm of the different uh, divisions that are giving you the violations. So um, from your perspective, and you oversee a lot of these, what are the most common violations out there that are coming through your office to, to be handled?
2: yeah, so I mean, from the fire department, a lot of violations are being issued for unwarranted alarms. I'm sure you see that. And those are, you know again, just like we advance in our technology and we're very organized and we can monitor and see trends and follow through. So too, the city is is copying that that business model of you know being more organized and you know gathering old data. So these are all you know program issued violations right now that if if two false alarms are are issued, the city automatically spits out a violation. So you got to be very careful with those. And the key is not to get aggravated uh, penalties, and those are for second offense violations. So if it happens once, make sure you correct it and certify it and try and make sure it doesn't happen again, because the city, again, documents the frequency of every time a false alarm is issued. That's mainly for the fire department. For the DOB violations, it's really, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar, the, the current administration has hired Many more inspectors, they've been trained better to issue more violations. They've been cross-trained, you know, cross-agency trained to refer. In the old days, I'm sure you're doing this for many years as myself, you got in violation, that was the end of it. Now you get a violation, the city follows up, they can recommend another agency to follow through with it as well if they feel it relates to that. And there's, you know, in the construction industry, definitely there's a lot of regulations, requirements, Um, Safety precautions is is a big one. Uh, The different OSHA requirements and the logbooks and regular even regular regular multifamily buildings. um, You know, in light of also the new Tenant Protection Act, the city is also very aggressive with any work being done. uh, Making sure everything everything is permitted and protected. um, Making sure the occupancy is not contrary to that allowed. uh, Make sure the laundry rooms are properly permitted. Especially a lot of people, you know, decided. Uh, back in the day to install laundry machines into their, in their basement. It was never properly done. It was never, uh, sprinklers were never installed. And that's also things that the city's more vigilant uh, and looking out for to see what, what can be done. And again, the most important part of all this is that the city tracks things now like they've never done. So you get a violation and it's not corrected. The system will spit out failure to comply violations or not failure to certify violations.
0: It's a lot more, it's a lot more automated now than it used to be where you would hope that it would just go away.
1: And therefore it could be potentially a lot more costly.
0: Yeah. So. Um, in terms of you guys handling these things, you, uh, tell me about your staff. I, I was looking at your website today and I saw that there was at least 40 people on staff with you guys and you have, di- you have different departments for like FDNY and uh, I, tell me, I don't want to say yeah. the wrong name, but
2: so we're, we're, we basically, we try to, you know, we try to be very organized and we're set up similar to how the city is set up. So we have five, like you mentioned, the fire department team, we have a DOB team, we have a hearings team, we have a corrections team. Uh, we have a permit services division with our, you know, the architect and expediters and draftsmen. So we try to be very, um, departmental, but at the same time, very fluid within our organization, that we can all work together in order to resolve the condition. So the beauty of our system is like you mentioned earlier about tracking your inspections on a, a spreadsheet. So we try to stay away from, from spreadsheets and everything is on the web. Everything is accessible and, and very dynamic. So anything that's happening, all, our, all of our employees can see, all our employees can see the notes and the documents of what's being done to correct that specific condition. But um, just a, you know a, a quick overview, we have yeah, we have many employees. We have our own uh, attorneys on board. We have uh, correction specialists that prepare the affidavits and the paperwork for our clients. We have obviously a ton of filing representatives. We have our own fire department team that goes to the fire department every day. We also have our own HPD team. So we, have, um, we deal with the whole process of the dismissal request. And there's other programs now that HPD issues like the UCP, the Underlying Conditions Program, and obviously AEP, um, that we have our own team of inspectors that are out in the field every day. And they do the walkthrough with the city inspector. They document and take notes of exactly what's happening. And then they follow through with the client to making sure that the conditions and access is properly granted. Um, you know, we also can help with any lead violations that were issued and follow through with the necessary dust wipes and paperwork. So, Basically, anything compliance related, we try to help the the client and the end user have a very seamless and organized process to break down the various agencies, the various requirements, try to make it as painless as possible.
0: Uh, Something that we're seeing in a lot of buildings now is the fire sprinklers above the dryers and legal occupancy of laundry rooms. Um, a lot of people are getting violations for those if they're not properly done. You mentioned that you had architects on your staff. If, let's say, one of my buildings gets a violation for not having the proper sprinkler above the laundry room, or maybe it's just not a real laundry room that could be used, are your architects also involved with drawing up the schematics of what needs to be done and then you know, curing it from that? Like, is that an architectural service that you guys provide, or, or are you only doing it um, from the other side which is just to remedy you know the violation and and that like what where do you correct yes yeah
2: that's a great question so um i mean the original concept of bringing in an architect and draftsman um started with in order to help our clients resolve violations they kept on asking us you know we need an architect we need permits we need plans so we we started we introduced that service Um, but currently we do have about 20 people on staff in the architectural division and we do have drafters out every day going to different buildings and apartments and preparing DOB-approved plans for submission and approval in order to get permits. So yeah, we've, you know, thank God we've grown uh, and we do encompass other types of jobs. And uh, I mean, again, our primary focus is to help our clients resolve open violations that require permits, but we definitely have many, many jobs of in uh, of amending CFOs, and uh, dividing apartments, changing the, the the layouts, things like that, in order to provide a permit
0: services as well. Any any uh, plans of doing like exterior architecture in the future, like Local Law 11 and the FISP program?
2: Right, but definitely staying away from that. Um, <laughs> too,
0: too much liability.
2: Yeah, too much liability. It's a very, it's a very specialized um, and unique. It's more of an engineering process. Um, And, you know, it's, it's really, there's there's a lot of requirements and, and then it really falls, you know, a little bit outside of our, our scope of service. So we're- We like to keep
1: it focused so we could do a very good job.
0: Yeah. Good. Um, In the last two years alone, we probably had the need for the bed bug disclosure forums to be sent out. Um the I'm losing my train of thought. Uh the stove knob rider, uh the yeah, stove uh, safety. Yeah, so yeah. obviously there's window guards, there's lead paint. So now there's the stove covers for people that rent out their apartment or for landlords have to give their tenants if there's children, uh the covers for the knobs so that the kids aren't turning on the stove. Do you guys handle those mailings? I I seem to remember in my office um, that discussion to come up that that might be something that you guys do, but that's something any landlord has to send out, and that's co-op condo rental. I mean, these these kind of run through all of the paths of residential housing, but how do you guys handle that internally?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So, yeah, of course we handle that. So that is also a very tedious process. There's multiple items that need to be sent out to the tenants, but the more important part of it is the the tracking and the cataloging of the responses. Um, so again, you know, with our with technology at at the forefront, we've developed a very easy to use dashboard. Um, we send out all the mailings and it includes besides the window guard and lead, of course, the stove knob, but also the new fire emergency preparedness guides, as well as the checklist that the city enacted last year.
1: And so that
0: used we, to be the fire safety plan, right? And they changed it to the fire emergency. Uh, right. The
2: correct now it's a yeah. it's a twenty six page guide it has to be sent out once every three years, and then the off years it's a little smaller guide, which is you know very scary you know, earthquakes and active shooters and yeah. a
0: lot of. Yeah, a lot and of, now <laughs> COVID, now I think COVID's going to yeah. be added to this. I okay. it's right. going
2: to be fifty pages next year. <laughs> right. Right. We might have to put in the face mask in every mailer next year. So. <laughs> Good marketing. For, for, the, yes. for the tenants. Um, yeah, so the mailing ad is obviously we handle that. There we go. <laughs> for, those not,
0: for those not watching the YouTube video, I have my mask on. Our boxes are right next to each other on Zoom, so we're not social distancing enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
2: yeah, so the mailing is, is one part you know, mailing out the tenants, but the more important part is really tracking and organizing the responses. So every mailing that we do has a QR code. The tenant can just scan it with their phone. It jumps straight to their specific unit. They can have checkboxes, and within five seconds, they can check off their responses, and it gets uploaded to our database. Of course, everything would be easily trackable on reports. The manager gets an email of any responses that the tenant is requesting. They can also mail it back to our office, or they can call our hotline and punch in their responses Uh, and then the manager or the owner of the building can log on and they can really in real time they can see all the all their buildings all their apartments who needed a stove knob cover who needed a window guard who has a child um you know who need another form everything is really very easy to use and you can jump from year to year and quickly analyze the results and, and triage the information that's important um and just another thing that we've added, like you keep on mentioning about the bed bug disclosure, so we've added an inspection portal which allows us to add custom inspections. So we put up, you know, vacancy apartments, XRF, um, the Local 55, which is the, you know, the asthma um, items, the the mold reports, anything that you want, you can customize it. And then you can build out any type of inspection module that'll track per building, per apartment. You can upload documents or notes. And, of course, everything is web-based. So Anyone in your organization can upload and view it. And obviously you can access it from anywhere. So again, like I mentioned, we try to stay away from the spreadsheets. You want everything on the web, everything accessible from You want a dynamic. Yeah, exactly. A lot easier.
1: all, All this information is all on one platform, including any of the violations we're handling for you, all open items across your portfolio, any inspections that are due across the building and now even more. So each inspection per tenant, um,
0: are you shaming me for my 1995 Excel spreadsheet?
1: I think so, <laughs> by the way.
0: That's the <laughs> That's only thing, thing that I, literally the only thing in my world that is like not web-based is that one master file. And I keep redundant copies everywhere of that. <laughs> Just so in case. 90s. I know. But I'm, you know, one man banding. At
2: least put on a Google Doc. So it's yeah, a maybe Google, one day.
0: Sitting in Dropbox, you know, I got access to it. It's fine. It works for me. Okay, Michael? Uh, <laughs> so I, I, it is helpful to have a company such as yours because as an owner operator i don't have to necessarily have a compliance department but i could have a person that's responsible for overseeing and then your back office or your web portal acts as like the department and if i don't want to spend my, my, my client truthfully if, if something comes up either my client is paying me to go to court or they're paying you to go to court you're cheaper than I am to go to court. I know what my contract right reads, and I know what your contract reads. I don't want to deal with you know a day down at uh, Metro Tech or at a hearing. I would rather just say, okay, you guys go take care of it. You're both the expert, and you're cheaper than I am. I would half the time I would go in there, um, not being my normal course of my job, and you know just figuring out where to go would be half my day. So it is helpful yeah. to have you guys, you know. Or somebody like you go in there and you have complete, you know, knowledge of the system. You obviously know all the parties, you know, how to, you know, work with what you have. So,
1: Yeah, it's extremely time consuming, especially having to go to two different agencies completely. Whereas we take yeah. over the process and handle everything from A to Z. So generally it's, you know, an easy decision.
0: And there's so many uh, violations that so make sense to just pay it when you get it and be done with it like trash you know, hundred dollars yeah. for mixed recyclables, or which may or may not be true, but that's what they got. You can't prove it. You know, it's what it is. Uh, that's one of those things. If you pay it, it goes away. Uh, they send you a note saying it's been taken care of. Like a hundred bucks, you're gonna. It's gonna cost you a few hundred dollars to go fight it. You know, so obviously, just pay the hundred dollars and be done with it, and hope that it doesn't happen again. Make sure that the staff and the and the buildings is really taking good care of it. Um, where do you see? your... <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Just to jump in on those, um, you know, when you do get those violations, just double check that it was, wasn't issued in, in the routing hours. So there are certain hours that the city has to issue the violations for specific items. So, you know, it's always good to double check those um, because if the inspector issues it and he always marks the time outside of those hours, then you couldn't you could go, go get those dismissed.
0: But I guess the question would be to go get that dismissed. You're paying more than the even if it is wrong. You're kind well, of caught in well, this
2: bind. Well, right? we charge a minimal fee for sanitation, but even if you're going to do it yourself, it definitely you should either you know yeah. do it online. The city has an online portal for the sanitation or mail-in defense. Um, oh, that's good.
0: Yeah, if you could mail it in or do it online, that's definitely different than going down there and spending half. Yeah. Right.
1: yeah, and and like Michael said, the fee for handling DSNY is a lot less than what it would be for the agencies that require, obviously, a lot more work. So...
0: So, Megan, you're, you're head of sales, and I've dealt with you over the last few years. You're very, you know, very nice to deal with. I'll tell Michael that Thank his
1: you. Face. Likewise.
0: Yeah. So, it's, it, so it's breaking well, up over here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, Megan, we talked about your raise. It should be. Bring it up. Yes, perfect, timing. perfect
1: timing. Perfect timing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I guess the one thing that I I guess what are you guys looking towards in the future? You you've obviously added a lot of people in the last few years and you're growing. Like what's what's on your plate next? What are we looking at service-wise or just department-wise?
2: Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I let Megan um can answer that, but just one thing that we're we're rolling out, which we actually it's ready to roll but we're holding it now because of COVID. Is we built an uh, entire portal for restaurants. So we service some of the largest restaurant chains in New York, and they too have been, you know, has seen an increase of violations, penalties, uh, you know, needing to keep their permits up to date. So we actually built a whole secondary module for, for restaurant franchisees or, or just large groups of restaurants that makes it one stop shop very easy to organize and oversee and track. All their department health permits their inspections what were the results of their inspections places to upload their documents and files um, and you know that's that's another segment of the new york city real estate market that we're transitioning into hopefully they'll yeah, be back open very soon
1: yes hopefully um, that's exactly kind of what i was going to answer Um, We, you know, this now impacts retailers as well. And so we've put together, um, you know, different uh, ways to help them specifically track the things that would be most applicable to them. So we're able to monitor um, a specific address of the location and pull up the information that pertains to them, the violations that are specifically issued to their name, um, any of the permits that are specifically issued to their name. And like Michael had mentioned, an entire platform specifically for the health department. Um, you know, we're constantly trying to innovate and, um, come up with ways to, you know, assist everyone.
0: One thing that I found is helpful is when we can run a report on a property that's in our dashboard. And, um, let's say it's a new client that we just added and we could run a report that shows everything that's open, all the violations, all the fines. Um, it's really just a, a quick snapshot of the building, and we can give that yeah. to the board as a, or the owner as a report, and they can see where they're at. Um, so that's been beneficial for us.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you know about this um, because it's a fairly new feature, but we actually have what's called a history report, which is similar to that report that you're referring to, but shows you what has actually been accomplished in a specific time frame as opposed to what has been issued. So you can also take a look at the accomplishments that you've had over you know,
0: whatever time frame you'd like to see. All right, great. Anything else you want to add, Michael? Why don't you give out uh, your con- both of your contact info if you want to go first, Michael, with uh, it's jackjaffa.com, right?
2: Right, it's J-A-C-K-J-A-F-F-A.com. My name is Michael Jaffa and I'm at michael at jackjaffa.com. Um, best way to get in touch with us, obviously, you know, very, very easy through the website, very, very responsive. Uh, We have a whole customer service team. Obviously, Megan leads the sales team. We have a large sales team as well. Um, And we can definitely go through our services over the phone, through webinars, Zoom, such as this, show you the dashboard. And especially now, you know, the people, more and more people are working remotely, not in the office. Our system really can alleviate that process by accessing all your documents online, getting quick overviews of the compliance health of your portfolio, without ever leaving your house or even from your phone, you can quickly access and identify anything that needs your attention very quickly. And again, we we stay away from the paper files and the filing cabinets. Everything in our office is scanned and uploaded so you can view every document you ever sent us, run progress reports, and really give all all your um, compliance tools at your fingertips, whether you're working from home or from the office.
0: Megan, what about you? What's your contact?
1: Um, so, I am Megan Feldman. My email address is Megan, M E G A N, at JackJaffa.com.
0: And again, if you've made it this far, if you want to email uh, the show, NYC Real Estate Podcast at gmail.com, NYC Real Estate Podcast at gmail.com. And we're going to throw this up on uh, YouTube and through the normal podcast channel. And if you want to subscribe and share, that would be amazing. And hopefully, Maybe Jack Jaffa will throw this up on their LinkedIn and social media too. We never know. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you guys coming on uh, the podcast and the video today. It's been pretty helpful. I learned a few things, which is always positive. That's that's what we look for. I figure if I could learn something, then I think other people could learn something too. Definitely.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for Mark for thinking of us and for including
0: us. Yeah. Thank you so
1: much. Really appreciate it.
0: You guys hang around after I stop recording and we'll, we'll say goodbye. Okay. All right. But for everybody else that's listening, we'll talk to you next time.